Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on Richmond's home for the Commanders, the new sports radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, and phone lines are open, 833-804-0910, and it's simple. We're going to put it out there. How do you feel about the chatter that the Commanders could attempt to trade for current Patriots head coach Bill Belichick? 833-804-0910. That's the question of the day here on The Richmond Commander. It's time for the Richmond Commander. Are you ready for the, the phones are open. It's your chance to be the quarterback of this segment. There's something I like to say. Every day at 1 p.m. on AWOD Radio, the Richmond Commander. Now, this is not like it's a new rumor, right? It was made viral by Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, but this is something that was talked about on our show and with Michael Phillips on his airwaves here, 910 The Fan, for the past few months. Really, we had heard that there was rumors that Robert Kraft could look into possibly firing Bill Belichick because the Patriots were so bad this season. And if that happened, then obviously Josh Harris should sniff around and find out if the head coach and future Hall of Famer would be interested in coming to Washington. Michael and I both agreed we'd love him as the defensive coordinator. The one thing about the Patriots is that defense is always flying around the field. The problem is, is Belichick has not been the same since he lost TB12 Tom Brady. Would you like Bill Belichick from New England to come to Washington and take over for Ron Rivera and the Commanders next year? 833-804-0910. This clip from the Zach Gelb show that can be heard right here on 910 The Fan and the Odyssey app. Let's roll the clip. Here's what I think is going to happen. And, you know, I'm, I'm hearing chatter to this effect, not that it's reporting, But when you're plugged into the NFL grapevine and you hear something like this, it's too good to keep to yourself. There's a theory out there that when the season ends, Josh Harris, the new owner, excuse me, of the commanders, is going to call the Patriots and inquire about what it would take to to get Bill Belichick. So the Patriots wouldn't fire him. The Patriots would essentially trade him to Washington and avoid any further financial obligation, get something back. Remember, they had to give up some stuff to get him when he was the Jets head coach for like a day in 2000. And so there's a thought out there that that's how this is going to go. Everybody goes in Washington. Josh Harris makes a play for Bill Belichick and Bob Kraft does not say no to it because he in theory is ready to move on as well. That would be juicy to say the least, Mike Florio. Yes, it would. Oh, yes, it would. (laughs) And I don't know. And again, Josh Harris had better be ready to give Bill Belichick an extended runway to turn it around. He can't get halfway into the second season and say, it's not working. I'm going to fire Bill Belichick. And the wild card in anything that the commanders do, Zach, is Magic Johnson. So they better be sure they're ready for his personality and that they're ready for it to take some time for Belichick to get the Patriot way in Washington. And the one thing we know about the Patriot way, Patriot way doesn't work if you don't have a quarterback. Patriot way worked as well as it did for as long as it did because they had Tom Brady. So I think he's just throwing out a rumor. I, I don't believe it at all. J.P. Finley, who covers the team better than anyone I know uh, for NBC Sports Washington uh, or NBC4 in Washington, D.C. and 1067, the fan WJFK, he said he reached out to the commanders. There's no truth to the rumors here. I mean, obviously, Josh Harris, Magic Johnson, Mitchell Rails, the entire ownership group, 
has their eyes on the future. That's why they traded Montez Sweat and Chase Young. They don't have their eyes on later this season. They are done with mediocrity, right? What was this defense? If not mediocre, they were worse than that. Below average, right? 31st in the NFL in many major categories. They just were not good enough this season. So you trade away those guys with the eyes on the future. And obviously, I think most Commanders fans that are plugged in know that there's no future in Washington that involves Ron Rivera staying here, right? It's just not going to happen for Ron Rivera. He's had too many opportunities in Washington, and I would like him fired before the end of the season. I want to see what it would be like to have Eric Bieniemy as the head coach. I would be fine with bringing in some guy off the street. Joe Schmo could get these guys to play more inspired football than Ron Rivera. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. This is great column by Jerry Brewer that I read this morning. Headline, the commander's plan has come full circle and right between the eyes as Ron Rivera, the coach, and Czar in Washington started his tenure by making Chase Young his first draft pick instead of quarterback Tua Tagovailoa or quarterback Justin Herbert. And by the time a tread died line fire sale concluded, the team had dealt Chase Young and 2019 first-round pick Montez Sweat in moves designed to construct a future that probably doesn't even include Ron Rivera. He goes on to say, miscalculations and poor player development have boomeranged on the commanders. They cannot avoid being hit right between the eyes. And that's kind of my exact assessment of the Rivera era, right? We talk at nausea about his team's slow starts, slow starts to seasons, slow starts to games, slow starts in free agency, slow starts in the NFL draft with their first round pick not hitting this season. But the fact is that Ron Rivera is a defensive-minded coach whose defense has let him down now two of the four seasons he's been in charge. That's the issue right there. If Ron Rivera's defense was excellent, this commander's team wouldn't be 3-5. and five. They'd probably be 5-3. and three. There's just no consistency with Ron Rivera. It's up and down. It's up and down. He was known as Riverboat Ron, and it feels like they're on a river adventure, right? They're dealing with open water, and you never know what you're going to get in open water. Rivera, with his roller coaster coaching style, is the king's dominion of head coachings. He'll take you on a wild ride. It'll cost you a boatload of money. But in the end, you're going to drive home 90 minutes after a loss. That's what you're dealing with. More from Jerry Brewer, who said, you look at defenses right now, and you see just three players every team in the NFL would consider unquestioned keepers. That's Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, and safety Cam Curl. Payne and Allen got paid. Cam Curl needs to get paid. He was a seventh-round pick in 2020 and should be in line for a new deal. I'm wondering what, what they're waiting for. Cam Curl is one of the best players in our defense every single week. So we've got to find a way to lock him up. Uh, the commander's trades were given grades, and they received for Chase Young a C plus. Well, the 49ers received an A, and I thought the description of the trade was very interesting. They say, despite a three-game losing streak going into the bye, San Francisco is in the thick of the Super Bowl conversation, and this is exactly the type of move that John Lynch should be pushing for to put his team over the top when healthy. Chase Young has flashed the ability to be a legit game wrecker and should be able to attack the quarterback 
with ease in the Bay Area with Nick Bosa on the other side of the defensive line. I don't think Chase Young is going to be a game wrecker for the 49ers, but I do think there's a chance that he could be an impact player in several games. The problem is, is that Chase Young disappears at times. right? I think there's we could see maybe next week he plays and he gets a sack fumble. And then for two weeks he disappears, you don't hear about him. And then he shows up again with a two-sack game. And then he disappears, you don't hear about him, and the defense got ran up for 120 yards. It's the inconsistency that's the issue with Chase Young. And I also kind of believe some of the rumors that have been floating around about Chase Young that he free balls. He's winging it out there. He's doing his own thing. He's got his moves, which are he, he likes to power move. He doesn't really have a spin move. He doesn't really go up and under. He doesn't really team up with the defensive tackles that much. It's Chase doing his own thing. And whether you like it or not, Chase doing his own thing is decent, but it's not game wrecking. And that's what you need to be for to be a number two overall pick. And he just, if he if this is his prime, it's just not good enough. And so I look back here two days removed from the trade deadline and I say, I'm absolutely frustrated and disappointed that a guy that we drafted number two overall that's from D.C. didn't pan out. But I can also take a step back and realize this defense just wasn't cutting it. And so let's look to the future. Let's stop thinking about, oh, this is a 3-5 and five team that could maybe get to 9-8 and eight and get into the playoffs. Let's become a Super Bowl contender. Let's get into that conversation next year and the year after that. How do you do that? You get five picks in the first 150 picks. That's a chance to get five Chase Youngs next season. Five impact players. Five guys that are going to make more of an impact than Emmanuel Forbes, who was this year's first-round draft pick. And so that's why you trade these guys that Ron Rivera drafted, and you let somebody else make the draft picks next season. That's what I say. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in. 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. So much going on in the sports world that we haven't been able to mix it up much this week. And, you know, last week I was at the ACC tip-off and then doing my pickleball competition. So we really haven't been able to do a a, a true Netflix in in a long time here. And uh, I, I was devastated and destroyed by... The news that came out what was it last Saturday night? I think I yep. was out. I was out was, at River was, City Roll. It was Saturday, and all of a sudden it caught, popped up on the TV that Friends castmate and, and hilarious actor Matthew Perry uh, passed away at 54 years old. So we wanted to remember uh, the longtime actor and for his incredible work in Hollywood. And I just I love Friends so much. Like growing up, my parents loved Friends. We played it all the time. And I, I kind of like watched it in the background, but then I want to say when I was in college, I binge watched every episode. And then even like last year, I, I think it was on Netflix and I just binge watched every episode again. And, and that show is so iconic and the cast is so good together, right? That it, it, it makes you kind of like fall in love with them and, and follow their story so closely. And uh, I will say... Joey was always my favorite. That was my guy. But, man, Chandler Bing cracked me up. R.I.P. Matthew Perry. Yeah, I never caught the show. Uh, I think it's just a bit before my time, and I just kind of never got around to binging it. But I, I, I've seen clips, and I've I've seen some, like, sketches he's done, and it, just such a talented comedian. Oh, yeah. And uh, John Stamos had uh, 
a, a lot of really nice things about Matthew Perry. He said, Matthew and I have been friendly for a long time, long before friends. So when I guest starred as Zach, the prospective uh, sperm donor for Chandler and Monica, I hung with him a lot, standing backstage, ready to make my entrance. And uh, we, the audience is going to go crazy when they see you. He said that Matthew Perry whip, whispered to him, get ready for some loud screams. And they had a lot of fun working together. And uh, there's just so many iconic scenes with friends. And I feel like a lot of stuff from the show is still relevant today in pop culture. And so it wouldn't be a, a true Netflix without saying RIP to Matthew Perry, Chandler Bing. Absolutely. And yeah. Netflix, the best of streaming services, TV, movies, books, podcasts, and more. We've got you covered on Netflix. So Jennifer Aniston, Lisa, Lisa Kudrow, Matt LeBlanc. And David Schwimmer all expressed their grief in a joint statement. We are all so utterly devastated by the loss of Matthew. We were more than just castmates. We are a family. There's so much to say, but right now we're going to take a moment to grieve and process this unfathomable loss. And it felt like a member of my family. You know, I was talking to friends of mine about the passing of Matthew Perry, and we all kind of said, this hit us almost as hard as Kobe Bryant. Because, like, I grew up watching Kobe play, and um, when he, oh my goodness, when, when we found out that he was in that helicopter accident, I cried for about two hours straight. I was at the gym, and I remember walking back to my apartment. I just got under the covers and cried, and uh, I was out drinking when this news happened, but man, did it hit hard. I mean, whew, yeah. I, I just, I couldn't believe it. And, uh, you know, we've read into some of the story that he was found dead in his hot tub, and um, pending a toxicology report, but he was so open with his um, alcohol issues um, that it, it is so sad. And uh, I, I've heard that he released a biography, an autobiography, like a few months ago. I'm absolutely going to put it on my list mm -hmm. of books to read. Yeah, I, I had not heard about that. I, you know, he's not really someone that I grew up with or had seen too much of his media, but you know, it, ev everyone knows him. And you know, I, I was out, you know, that night because it was Halloween weekend. And yeah. There were some people there that were really, you know, bummed. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, uh, and it wasn't just, uh, you know, friends. He was in 17 again with Zac Efron, uh, Birds of America. Uh, I mean, of course, he's known for friends, you know, first and foremost. But uh, he was in a ton of different movies and uh, did a bunch of other roles. But, man, RIP to Matthew Perry, Chandler Bing. Selma Hayek. Get in on the mic, Frank. Selma Hayek. He did a good movie with her. It was a fun little enjoyable rom you know romantic comedy you know he showed some uh to other talent yeah yeah r.i.p uh stub what else did you want to bring up on netflix today man uh, i figured that we could pivot to survivor okay because you finally caught up i did and it's it's a good season it is a good, a good season, season, but it's almost a good season because there's so many bad characters. So we've been we've been making fun of the Yellow Tribe for weeks. They decided the the producers decided the Yellow Tribe's so bad we've got to mix it up. Well, then the guy from the Yellow Tribe was voted out was, next week on yep, the Red Tribe, and he quit. And he quit. So we got two quitters. Yeah, and and a guy who basically should have quit on yeah. that team. So I said this when the show started this season. I said, could this be the season that finally breaks Survivor? Because it's just, mm -hmm. it's so bad. The fact that we've had multiple people quitting. They've got these 90-minute episodes because of the TV strike. So there's so much fluff. 
I mean, mm. it's unbelievable how much fluff there is this season with people like going through other people's bags. We got seafood dancing around so doing funny. karate. It, and, and, you know, it it was bad, but these last two episodes, they got so me you're hooked. back in. I'm back in. I, I think that the dynamics of the new tribes are really getting, getting me interested. So I said a few weeks ago that the Yellow Tribe is so bad that that one character on the Yellow Tribe, Caleb, is going to actually win. They're going to find a way to win. And you were telling me that they've been producing it like he's going to win. Yes, there's something called a winner's edit or a winner's cut. And there's a really great YouTube a video essay about it where since all of Survivor is done and then put to show, yeah. the producers can kind of make a storyline. Yeah, and right? I, I will say you they 100% alter every vote. So that it comes down to the final vote. Yes, like that's they're definitely part of the doing that. They're edit. definitely yeah. doing that. But it's it's what they're doing is with when they're pulling the interviews from people and when they're like kind of focusing more on one person and it's kind of the things that they say. I think one thing it to note was that if someone says in the first episode, I want the million dollars, their chances of winning at the end are so much higher. Oh really? Yeah, there's a couple of like little tricks and like commonalities that you can look into. And I think that the way the season is being framed, it's making it look Making Caleb kind of look like a hero, that look makes like sense. a winner. Give me, they, give me one name that you guarantee is not going to win the million. I'll tell you, it's not going to be Bruce. I just, I know in the bottom of my heart, it's not going to be. Bruce. I forgot her name, but the girl that hates Bruce. Oh yeah, oh my god, <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's yeah. not winning. <laughs> they're going to vote each yeah, other out. Yeah, yeah. she's not making it. Yeah, no, it, it's been, it's been a, a decent season. I, I did not like the first few episodes. I caught up last night, and, and uh, it was enjoyable. Uh, but I, I think it needs to get spicy when it gets to the merge. Yeah, and we are. We're at the merge. Oh, it, oh we are at yeah, the merge that's now. What, that's what the ads are. Last so night I'll was be, the merge. Yep. All right, I'll catch up. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. If there's any new movies or TV shows that we should be chatting about, give us a call, 833-804-0910. That's 833-804-0910. We sit down with Frank Maloney from Who's Talking coming up next. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Richmond's home for the Washington Commanders, Hokies football, VCU basketball, and who's talking? Thank goodness you saved the best for last. Monday at 5 p.m. with Frank Maloney alongside Jim Hobgood. What's going on with Hobgood? He's supposed to join me once a week when basketball season starts. You know what? I'm on him like white on rice. He'll be, he'll be in here in the coming weeks, you know, he's a granddad. We got to ease him into it. <laughs> we, we've ordered a special rocking chair uh, <laughs> that'll fit in the studio, so it's going to be really nice. All right, so what do you got coming up Monday at 5 p.m.? You know, we're very excited. Uh, if everything goes correctly, fingers crossed, possibly Billy McMullen sitting in with me. Wow. And also Terry Kirby calling in. Now, how can you beat that? Except Hobgood will be in JPJ calling in with a special basketball report because Monday night is the first game of college basketball for UVA and many other schools around the country. Virginia's playing Tarleton State. I can't find them on a map. It's not my <laughs> fault. I didn't hear about them until a couple of months ago, and uh, but I will do my research. Let's start with college basketball, though. So I was mm -hmm. at the ACC tip-off last week and had a great conversation with Tony Bennett. He really mm -hmm. likes his squad this year. You know, this is a very interesting squad. It's an unusual situation. And, you know, uh, great coaches have to learn to adjust to the times. Mm -hmm. He's been there. This is 15th year. Who believes? Right. 
15 years, Tony. Any, uh, anyway, what's exciting is uh, he's got a couple of mainstays that started last year, uh, starting with Reese Beekman, pulled his name out of the NBA draft. Gr- very good decision, in my opinion. He He's now playing, he's going to try to play his way into the top 25. I think it's a smart move, and if he can stay healthy, uh, there's no reason why he can't do it. Um, Isaac McNeely, his two, is back. He's got a full year under his belt. I'm expecting a lot from him. I'm expecting even more from Ryan Dunn. Yeah, he's got to make the big leap. Ryan Dunn is shown glimpses of athletic brilliance. The the type of guy that on a single play can make a follow-rebound dunk or block a shot out of nowhere like David Thompson used to yeah, do. He's got an NBA future, that's he, for well, sure. He has the athleticism that they look for. Uh, Virginia's got a variety of players that are newcomers, the grad transfers. The The player that's been with the team the longest is Dante Harris from uh, Georgetown. I like his upside. He Tony loves his on-ball defense, and you talked about that quote earlier. Yeah, yeah. John, John Rothstein put it out there. He could be the best on-ball defender that he's had since John Tell Evans, which is it's just wild because they had so many good defenders. Yeah. I, I, I loved Malcolm Brogdon. I thought he was uh, the best on-ball defender I've seen at UVA. But who's going to play the point guard position? Is that going to be Reese Beekman? You know, I think it starts with Beekman, and I think as the season goes on, don't be surprised. If Dante Harris moves into the one, okay. and they move, they move uh, Bigman over to the two, or and let McNeely really the three, play three, oh, and yeah. let and let McNeely play the two, and let Bigman play the three, and then they'll rotate all those grad transfers. And listen, Blake Buchanan, folks, uh, read my lips. <laughs> <laughs> Hear this message. He's a player. He's tough. He's going to gain weight. He's going to build muscle. But he can run. He's very smart on the floor. And everybody that plays with him, going back to Bronny James last summer, said he's the most underrated big man in the country. Wow. that's Bronny James knows basketball, yeah. right? I'll take that quote. Um, and, he said, and he said, Buchanan's a fun guy to play with. And I haven't heard anything different from the UVA family. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see the other players, I'm expecting Leon Bond, who redshirted, this is his opportunity to step up and be the man. He's 6'5", he's pretty fast, he's pretty quick, he's strong, has a beautiful pull-up jump shot, and that's a component this team needs. I see him being a good, solid contributor. I'm interested to see how they're going to start the season. One of the biggest quotes that I, I took away from ACC tip-off was Ryan Dunn telling me that last year's loss in the NCAA tournament stung for more than three weeks, and that he, he couldn't yeah. even—I mean, he couldn't even play basketball. He couldn't even watch basketball, and I think that's really going to drive them this season. And of course, you know better than anyone. Last time they mm. lost. Uh, to UMBC, they yep. bounced back in a big way. Well, you know, uh, sometimes you've got to, you know, understand what the fire is all about. If you, if you touch something really hot and get burnt, you never forget it, do yeah, you? Yeah, right. They played very well in the ACC tournament. They faded late in that second half against Duke in the championship game. And I think they went into the NCAA tournament needing, like, a breath of fresh air. And for some reason... They really didn't get enough time between that game 
and that first game against Furman. But they also had the win in that game. That's they, that's what's yeah, so interesting. It's not yeah. like the UMBC game where they just had you know a complete well, nightmare. There were, well, there were injuries and there were other mitigating factors. There, there was very hard to put your finger on what the problem was. But at no point in the Furman game did anybody in the Wahoo Nation family feel good about how that game was going. It was yeah. there was a bad vibe to it, and I think Beekman and McNeely and Bond and Dante Harris, all the rest of them, they they are on a mission, and you're going to see a determination to get better. And this team will start out, and they'll learn their way and get all these newcomers integrated. You know, and there's so many of them, I can't keep up. Grove, well, I Rode, think I think Robinson, the key recipe you know. to this being a successful season, when you cook it all together, mm-hmm. with the mix of new guys, transfers, and the guys that are returning, is Isaac McNeely taking a step forward? Because I, I said all of last season, he didn't look like a freshman. Now, is no. he going to have a sophomore slump, or is he going to look like an NBA guy this year? I think, I think McNeely is going to show us what he's really about. You're going to see... Um, is he going to be like Kyle Guy? He's well. He's going to start hunting his shot. Mm-hmm. Tony uses that term quite a bit, um, and they're going to need him to hunt his shot because that's not that's not Beekman's nature. Beekman's nature is let the game come to him, much like Brogdon did. Mark my words, this team will get better and better and better, and you're going to see the real team in February. And Tony needs the time. He's got the guards to make sure they get good possessions. And then as the newcomers get more and more acclimated, everything will work out fine. Is the ACC going to be the conference to beat with the top three, Duke, UNC, and Miami? And Virginia fourth. Uh, They're the top four, according to everybody that studies this stuff. Uh, I do think, you know, Miami got another great player, you know, in the portal or two players. Uh, Carolina got a whole bunch of new talent. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're bringing back the Richmond, uh, Richmond's own Armando Baycott. Yeah, Baycott is on the uh, NIL super plan. Yeah. So, so <laughs> I, I expect. Well, he's smart. It's a smart play. Yeah. He, Baycott made a brilliant decision. He wasn't ready for the NBA. The NBA told him that. So he's working on a few things. He's getting even stronger, if that's possible. Yeah. He's probably looking to make a little fifteen foot shot now to pull bigs away from the basket a little bit. I don't see him taking. 20-footers. No, I don't either. Uh, he's too valuable as a rebounder, and uh, he's a terrific low-post defender. Yeah, they need him to be like Hansborough this season, where you could just give it to him on the low block and let him go to work. Well, hopefully he doesn't push everybody like Hansborough. <laughs> Hansborough used to get away with more pushes than any player in the league. But uh, <clears throat> I like Armando's upside, and I think he plays his way into the draft this year. Yeah. And, and that'll Duke. be good. Duke will be good. Filipowski, I interviewed Jeremy Roach. Uh, I think he's going to have a great Ro- season. Roachy is, you know what he is? He's the deadly assassin. Yeah. He's the guy you forget about, and then all of a sudden, late in the shot clock, he drives, he scores, and you're going, what happened? Yeah. We had him We had him covered. Um, so uh, many changes in the ACC with coaches. Like, I talked to yes. Adrian Autry, replacing uh, Bayheim there. He's going to play man-to-man. And you know what? You're not going to ha- see a 2-3 zone that much against Syracuse. And you know, it's going to be exciting. I think it's going it, to – he's going to revive the energy in that program. How about Clemson? They got Joe Girard now yep. from Syracuse. He's going to lead the way for the Tigers. You know what? Uh, Brad Brunell is a hell of a coach. I've had good conversations over the years with him. I like him. Look how long he's been there. He's been there like eight to ten years, mm-hmm. maybe more. I, anyway, Brunell knows defense. He knows good common sense basketball. He's got P.J. Hall. 
P.J. Hall is a hell of a player. Might be top three in the ACC. Certainly top five. Yeah. Um, I like them. You know, the ACC is going to be fun this year. Georgia Tech is a new coach. Yep. Um, Are you worried about the Hokies with their backcourt, Couture and Sean Padula? Well, you cannot underestimate that pair. That's a good pair. Uh, they're good basketball players. They're hard-nosed. Uh, Couture can be streaky, and he can play them into games, and he can play them out of games. Yeah. Uh, they just need him to be healthy uh, throughout the entire season. That's Frank Maloney. I'm Adam Epstein. Check out Who's Talking Monday at 5 p.m. We're going to go around the ACC, switch from basketball to football coming football. up next. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open. 833-804-0910. You can be the coach or GM of this segment. Call in 833-804-0910. Or you could always tweet us. If it's a good tweet, we'll read it on air at AWOD Radio. And uh tweet just came in here. He said, it's from McCaffrey's Burner. That's You know it's going to be a good one. Whoever you just brought on said, Hansborough got away with more pushes Obviously needs a pair of glasses, Frank. He says, does UVA does he watch UVA basketball play football on defense with Tony Bennett's high school ass offense? How would you respond? Okay, first off, he's got a he's got to be a tar heel that's <laughs> that's still looking at his wounds after two bad losses. All right. <laughs> let's get this thing straight. First off, Tony Bennett and the ACC uh commonly the champions of the regular season and the last couple times in recent years, they've won the ACC tournament, the Virginia Cavaliers have done it based on defense and the mover-blocker offense and a discipline using three-star and four-star players. Okay, pal, I don't know who you are. I saw Hansbro push more people in person in ACC games than any player in history. He was coddled by the refs. When he got to the NBA, <laughs> when he got in the NBA, they put their the elbows were hitting him in the face, and he quit. He <laughs> how quit. About, how about Kihei Clark getting away with hand checks, bumping and reaching yeah. all game, and then end up with one foul? No, no question. Kihei Clark was the master thief. <laughs> now, if you're so quick that the ref can't see it, so be it. So be it. Kihei Clark. Right. Kihei Clark was a pesky little fellow. Yeah. John Tell Evans played more like a football player and just. He would move his feet so fast. He had such a strong upper body. He would seal off a guard and prevent him from getting in the lane. I am a little worried that UVA is going to, you know, miss Kia Clark tremendously this season. I I don't know that they're going to be at their best if Beekman is the point guard. Well, I told you there are going to be some adjustments. Yeah. Um, I'm not too worried about this at all. Tony Bennett was a great guard. Scored over 2,000 points in in high school and uh, excuse me in college, and then he went to the NBA. And he led the NBA in three-point shooting. Do you, do you know that? Yeah. In shooting percentage. Well, that he, was a long time ago. It doesn't matter. <laughs> if you can do it there, you can do it anywhere. And he he's teaching these young men how to play the game better. All right, let's move over to college football. Can I get the Sounders stub? There we go. All right, let's start in the ACC with the Hoos as they're at home, Scott Stadium, hosting Georgia Tech. Got to win this game. Huge. This is a must-win game. This yeah. is this is dire. Go home in your shield, right? <laughs> Isn't that what the Spartans did? You right? guys should have won last week. It should have been an God. epic two-game win streak. What happened? They blew it. Three game. It would have been three. Oh, games. it would have been three because they they because they beat William Mary. Yeah. So the the painful thing about that game is Virginia dominated the time of possession. They had like eight more first downs. They had a hundred yards more total combined yardage. 
they kept Van Dyke under control. Yeah. And more than that, they impressed me by slowing down the the Hurricanes' running attack, which is really good. The problem was at the end of the game when the Cavs were pretty pooped out, that one running back said, I'm the man, and nobody can tackle him. It's just incredible. You know, I talked last week about how I said the win over UNC was the first signature win of the Tony Elliott era. Yes. And he could have had two in a row. And, he, and now they've lost all these games by, like, a combined ten points. Well, it shows a couple things. Number one, uh, the defensive coordinator has done an extraordinary job for UVA. Let's get that right, first and foremost. He keeps us in the games. The schemes, the techniques they've taught, they don't let people throw over the top. They keep the ball in front of them, and they tackle pretty pretty confidently most of the time, particularly in the open field, which stuns the opponents. And the front seven, Virginia, smoke and mirrors with all the injuries, still prevents running games from getting going for their opponents. So. All right, let's get to the ACC game of the week. That's at 12 noon on ABC. Notre Dame, number 15 in the country in 7-2, and two, traveling to South Carolina to face off against Clemson. Does Clemson bounce back? I think this is going to be a bloodbath. Uh, this might be a modern-day body bag game because Dabo Sweeney has been battling the the call-in people on his radio show. You heard show. about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. That, he was exactly right. You know, You've got to appreciate everything that Dabo and his staff has done yeah. in the last he's decade. Got, he's got a right to, to work this out. Yes. For sure. Come on. But at the same time, yeah. his team has been passed over by Florida State, right. and it even looks like UNC as well. Well, and others. Yeah. Okay, look. Look, it shows you that college football has changed. Dabo did not want to get but so involved in the portal, and he's not – Really into the NIL also, game. Also, a big thing is the quarterback position. They, yep. you know, Part of Dabo's success was Trevor Lawrence, was Deshaun Watson, right. was all these high-powered quarterbacks. Yes, and he first off, he lost DJ Ukulele. I, yeah. I mispronounced He wasn't his name. showing up anyway. But I'm just saying, uh, then, then this uh, Klubnik. Fella, Klubnik has yeah. proven to be a work in progress. He's mediocre. Well, he's no, he's just getting started. But that, he was a five star just like Trevor Lawrence. And, That's the thing. And guess you know? what? They don't produce right out of the gate as if their hair's on fire. It yeah. takes a couple of years. Quarterback position is the most challenging job in college sports. All right. I'm riding with the Hokies for my upset pick of the week. Four and four. Virginia Tech travels to face off against the 13th ranked. Louisville, and they're seven and one, four and one in the ACC. This is a battle for second place. Right. The winner could be in the ACC championship. The cards are favored by nine and a half. They're at home. The Hokies better not expect any calls. Of Louisville, the referees there are just as tough as the Tar Heel refs down in Keenan Stadium. This will be a very close game. I don't think the cards will cover. It's a nine and a half point spread. I think the Hokies will play great. If you're a Hokies fan, take the points. And be happy with winning the money. Well, I, I think you, if you're a Virginia Tech fan, you have to hope that this is a close game at the end of the first quarter and a close game there in the second half, time. and then and then you can start running the ball uh, with some success there in the third and the fourth quarter. You've I got, think if you're a Hokies fan, you want this to be lower scoring. And you've got to keep the quarterback on his feet. He yeah. cannot if he's getting neutralized at the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage, the Cards win. Miami at NC State's the night game on the ACC Network. Uh, the U six and two, NC State five and three. Okay, Miami is favored by four points. This game will be a nail biter. Oh, really? I do. The night games in uh, 
in that stadium, historically, have always been a lot of that howling wolf uh, backdrop music. The fans party all afternoon. It'll be raucous. Mark my words, State could upset that. Uh, could upset them. That's Frank Maloney. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Check out Who's Talking Monday at 5 p.m. Frank, before we let you go, you said you had some Commander's thoughts. Okay, Let's real, get into that. Play real, the Commander's theme song, Stubb. Really really quickly. Yeah. Um, I think Sam Howell is, is good enough to keep playing for a couple years. Let's see what he can do. He throws a beautiful touch pass. He can work the sideline routes. I think he's best throwing these 20-yard bullets right down the middle. And he also can can hurt you in the middle of the field. That's yeah. what I was, my next thought. He can also run a little bit, and he's durable. They need blockers for him, and he needs another weapon. Give him another weapon. A tight end would maybe, be huge. Maybe. I don't, Logan Thomas is okay, but he probably needs they probably need somebody else to push Logan Thomas. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think uh, I, I question getting rid of Sweat. I have no doubt. I think at the beginning of the season, most Commanders fans knew one of those guys would be gone because they're both up for a contract, and I think they were going to battle it out. But I, from what I've heard, and Michael Phillips reported this as well, the offer from Chicago was too good. Yes. A second-round pick for a guy yep. that's going to demand big money? Yeah. Let him go. Well, I, I think I think the new NFL, it's not like the Commanders are going to challenge for but so much next year anyway. Right. So you might as well play for two, three years down the road, and that makes sense. I think Josh I, Harris's plan is to have a Super Bowl contender mm-hmm. by 2028 when they move to a new stadium. And Young, look, Chase Young's career got destroyed by that ACL. Now, yeah. he he may be able to resurrect it in a couple of years, and nobody likes to see a great athlete get hurt. Especially one that's from the DMV. Right, and I, I know that had to hurt. They tried, they tried, they tried. His mistake was a couple years ago he sat out those mini camps and did not participate yeah. in all those things. And that's where certain agents and family members or whoever else is advising a player is making a mistake. Good players go to those camps and learn and get better and get stronger. Right. And it hurt him. Absolutely. I mean, especially with the quote that said, hey, I'm going to go get the bag and, and make some money. Uh, so the commanders make a move. For the future, uh, but just looking back to last week against the Eagles, right? If Ron Rivera throws that challenge flag, I think they win the game. I, I didn't understand the hesitation there, and it sort of gives gives me a feeling that he's a little out of touch. Now, he's been in the NFL. I think a long- he's a little more than a little out of okay, touch. He's I, completely lost. I, I'm 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 going to give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because he he did make the Super Bowl once, uh, but I do think uh, it's unfortunate that this has not gone as well for him and the commanders as it could have. Yeah. It's unfortunate, and um, I have a feeling that he's not going to be around after Thanksgiving. That That's my I take. think it's a smart move. Let's face it. The Eagles have the blueprint. Build your lines. Get tough. Learn how to run the ball in bad weather. And hire a young head coach. And Please yes, hire a young yes, head and coach. Get a, and get a quarterback that's a winner. You knew Hurts won the greatest passer, but he's becoming... A better passer, much like Terry Bradshaw did. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. All right, there's my there's my stretch analogy. Well, we appreciate it. All right, so who's talking coming up Monday at 5 p.m.? Terry Kirby, uh, Billy McMullen, Habo from JPJ. It's going to be a fun show with a lot to talk about. Right here on 910 The Fan and always available on the Odyssey app. Download it today for free. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan.